I have been obsessed with the ancient world since I was eleven years old, when I began learning about Roman life at school. We read about Julius Caesar, looked at pictures of Hadrian's Wall, and made scale models of temples from cardboard boxes, complete with a cotton-wool sacrificial sheep bleeding red nail varnish over one corner of the box. When I turned twelve, Roman life became Latin, and the Cambridge Latin course took over. These brightly coloured books introduced a new generation of classical scholars to Caecilius and his wife Metella, who lived in Pompeii, and so had a death sentence hanging over them from book one. Caecilius est in horto, we would chant, before grimly observing that he wouldn't survive the impending eruption from the garden no matter how nice his triclinium was. I also remember some twins called Lockwax and Anti-Lockwax, about whom I can recall nothing else, although a residual suspicion of identical twins remains somewhere in my brain. When we chose our GCSE subjects, it never occurred to me that I wouldn't take Latin, and if I was going to do Latin, I might as well take Greek too. Luckily, my parents didn't see a need for any other living languages. French was enough. And this way, after all, there was no risk of a sullen German exchange student pitching up and moaning about everything in our house, which had happened with my brothers the year before. I think my brother then made up for it by going to Germany and eschewing Wurst. If I'd thought the whole thing through, of course, I would have borrowed the Italian girl from the year above me at school, taken her home, dressed her in a sheet, and pretended she was my Roman exchange. But I had less imagination in those days, and got the giggles too easily to carry off that kind of thing well. My future in classics was probably determined by the set texts I was given to learn for GCSE. Book two of Virgil's Aeneid was the Latin verse. It's about the fall of Troy, the story of which we all thought we knew from those books on Greek myth we'd read as children. Book two explains the bit with the Trojan horse that previously had never made any sense. Seriously, you had the Greeks camped outside your city for ten years, and then they go away, leaving a big Greek army-sized wooden horse outside, and you take it into the city and are then surprised when it turns out to be full of soldiers with death on their minds. No wonder the Trojans had lost the war. They were idiots. Beware of Greeks bearing gifts didn't really cover it. Beware of Trojans, they're too stupid to live, was closer to the mark. How had they survived ten years of war without accidentally stabbing themselves through the eye with their own spears? It turns out...